And I find myself at a place where I don't know if I should merge all of my businesses. So I own multiple businesses within that sec- that genre, let's say, and then several other businesses. And it feels like most of my clients want a little bit of everything. So I, I feel like there's one, on one side I want to merge them, and on the other side I feel like I don't want to dilute or muddy the brand. Hello there. Welcome to Brand Therapy. I'm Phil. I'm Lauren. And we are your brand strategists back for another episode with a new guest, new challenge. We talk about some of the challenges faced by people working in the business, any business, any industry, right? Regardless if it's a, you know, if it's a different industry, there's a lot we can learn by some of the challenges faced by people in the trenches. And our job as brand strategists, we're pretty much on the outside of it. We take inventory of what people are doing, how they can do it better, and, you know, kind of act as that mirror for our clients and our guests. Today's talk is about unity. 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 It's an interesting one. It's someone trying to consolidate businesses, if that's the right thing to do, working with the business partner, trying to figure out how to organize all of this, a very real branding challenge. And balance a speaking career on top of it too. She has a lot going on. A lot, yeah. And also someone who has a lot of experience in the business. I was shocked to hear how long she's been in it. I know, I know. Like nearly 30 years, I think. It's like wild. Yeah, really cool. I think one of the things I like most about this interview is how much our guest Lisa appreciates the feedback. You know, you can tell this is something she's been thinking a lot about. And so... I'm excited by some of the outcomes that we draw and some of the strategy we develop together. And I find that a lot of our episodes, it seems like, have been organizational or messaging-based. But what's cool about this one is we talk about visuals and we haven't done that on that many calls. It's funny. Yeah, we rarely get to the point where we get to talk about the really fun stuff, which is how things look, making sure they look pretty. So if that's a stage that you're at or something you're thinking about, then this episode is for you. I won't delay this any further. Neither will you. No way. Yeah, let's get right to it. Here's our conversation with Lisa. Hi, I am Lisa, and I have been teaching yoga, meditation, and corporate wellness for 26 years. And I've gotten into a lot of different sides of um, the industry. And I find myself at a place where I don't know if I should merge all of my businesses. So I I own multiple businesses within that sec- that genre, let's say, and then several other businesses. And it feels like most of my clients want a little bit of everything. So I, I feel like there's one, on one side, I want to merge them. And on the other side, I feel like I don't want to dilute or muddy the brand. What a good question. And I think before we can give you advice on this, tell us a little bit about those brands and sub-brands and different verticals of what you do. And, and also how you prioritize them in your day-to-day. What kind of role do those play? How significant are each one? Give us some info on that. Well, that has changed a lot over the years. So when I first started out, I was teaching yoga almost exclusively, definitely a little bit of meditation. And it's kind of evolved more into meditation now because I think that there's a much wider audience. And when I work in the corporate segment, I think that the immediate benefits of meditation are realized by people that are in the classes a lot more. I've had many different names of the brand. Um, I have a spiritual name for my guru. Um, my, my spiritual name is Kali. 
and I've had multiple different names of my business that operates in corporate wellness, as well as some of the retreats that I do at ashrams or locally at yoga studios. I may host uh, facilitate workshops and that kind of thing. So my passion and where I'm leaning into more is the meditation energy management, and mindful living. So a lot of that has to do with nature immersions. And I have one business that I have a partner who is, um, a she has a master's in transpersonal eco-psychology. So we uh, bring groups out in nature and back inside and out in nature. There's a lot of different sensory things that we're doing. So again, I struggle with, do I make that brand that I have with my partner part of the bigger thing? And how do I let my people know all of the different things that I do and I offer? So again, I feel like here I am talking in tandems. I don't want to talk too much, but at the same time, there's so many different things that I do and I lean into a lot of those different things on a daily basis. Yeah, that's interesting. There's a lot there. There's a lot of ideas whirling around. What excites you the most about all of this? What drives you? Why do you do this? My why has always been about provoking peace and eliminating awareness. I think that's kind of been become like my tagline, I guess, provoking peace by eliminating awareness. And I think the overarching takeaways, having worked in various different corporate cultures since I was in my early 20s, is that I realized how many people lack a personal practice, uh, a meditation practice, or any kind of centering practice. What I love about all of these different businesses is that they are all very related. To me, it would make sense to combine them under one umbrella brand, so to speak, with different avenues that people could engage with you, whether it's yoga, meditation, corporate retreats, whatever it is, they all seem like like kind of sister services, to me at least. Absolutely. Would you consider mindful living to be an encompassing term for all of these different things? Or or is in your world, is mindful living a kind of a separate thing that you do? Very good point. I think it's all encompassing. And the, the my, I guess the reason I've stayed away from that name is because it's used so much in the world that I live in that I've tried to get more into true nature. But mindful living is essentially what I'm doing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see how, how that term is commonly used. But at the same time, I mean, it is it is what you're doing, which is pretty cool. I think to me, true nature while it's well, I love it. I think it inquire it would require a lot of questions to really understand what it means. Whereas mindful living is something that you immediately get off the bat just because it is like prevalent. Wow, great point. Yeah. That's why I need the experts <laughs> to help <laughs> me see all of this. Well, it's easier for us to weigh in and give feedback because we're not as close to it. You're living it every single day. And that's I mean, we're thankful. That's why we have a job because we kind of come in and say, hey, have you thought about this? Um, how would you summarize your goal? I mean, I get the need to, the desire to consolidate if possible, but that's not a goal. That's an action. What do you want to do with all this? Where are you going with all of this? What's your vision? Is this something you want to do full time? Is this something like, you know, how big do you want this to be? What What do you want? Where are you going with all this? 
Yes, this is definitely something that I want to be doing full time. And every time that I lean into it, I, that is what it fuels me when I see the energy transformed in a room when we're done with a session. It just, I, I feel like I live on that energy. And I just think that, you know, to make an impact in my lifetime, to touch the people that I come in contact with and to know that they've been able to adopt a little practice to help them in their daily lives is it's humbling and empowering at the same time. What I like about the way that you describe your services is that you describe what you do in very concrete terms. I I really like that. Oftentimes when people will hear about you know, wellness and spirituality and nature immersions and things like that. It, it all feels a little fluffy, you know what I mean? But yeah. but I like that you're, what you do has a real kind of like corporate um, but inclusive spin to it that feels a bit more like realistic, I guess. I don't know if that's the right word, but it, it feels like grounded. Thank you. That's exactly what I'm trying to... And that's why I need your help because I feel like sometimes when I buy all of these domain names and I'm, you know, writing, I feel like sometimes I, I have to go fluffier because that's the the nature of that world. But no, I want it to be really grounded. So thank you for bringing me back to that that truth that has to be part of the brand. There's a a meditation studio in LA that I think has the coolest name. It's called Unplug. Have you heard of it? Yes. Yeah. I love it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I haven't been, but I have heard of it. I haven't been either, but I love how it's taking, I'm not sure, it's taking a a topic or like an activity like meditation that means a lot of different things to many people. And it's putting a modern, like a modern everyday spin to it. I think it's really, really cool. So for a brand hero, I would definitely recommend really studying the Unplugged brand even more than you already have and use that to okay. inspire inspire your brand. Love it. Thank you. And I do, I just love that name. It's funny when you said that I, I used to run a nonprofit and one of the networking events that we did, we called Plug In because when you're not plugging into the community service, right, you're, you're kind of pulling away from that um, philanthropic endeavor. So I love the other, de- the idea of unplugging. And that's exactly what we do to center. So I'm writing this down right now. Thank you. So is there any other challenge aside from deciding a um, domain to put all of this under? Is there any other challenge that you have with how to represent what you do? You know, it's, I feel like I can assess somebody else so much better than I can do my own. Isn't this crazy that I'm saying this out loud? <laughs> as much time as I try to unplug and and disconnect part of my path is, you know, ego death and letting go of identity. So when I try and describe or brand or figure out color schemes or like figure out what my identity is when my goal is kind of to let go of identity, it's really hard for me. Okay, stop, 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 stop. Phil, I want to try something. What? Let's pretend that I'm going to be launching a new business and I'm not, my name is not Lauren and I'm going to be launching a new business and I'm like, oh, I don't know if I should brand myself as Karen or if I should do it as a business. What would your advice to me be? My advice would be hire me and I'll give you good advice. What? I could hire you? Yes, you can. It's called a brand audit, baby. And I'm not going to give you advice until I thoroughly understand your business and your brand. 
cool. So what does that entail? So I'm asking these questions like I don't know the answer. (laughs) What does that entail, Phil? You do a 90-minute call with Lauren and Phil. Do you know who Lauren is? Who's Lauren? Yeah, I know. Oh my gosh. Wait, Lauren Moore? She's amazing. 90-minute call with Lauren and Phil where we spend that time to figure out what is your brand, what's working, what's not. And you get a super, super detailed brand audit recap. That's like 50 slides outlining everything. It's kind of like brand therapy, but even better. Okay, uh, Karen here again. I really, really like what you're telling me, but I really like to get things at a discount. What can you offer me? I bet you do 15% off the brand audit. No, no, no. 15. Let's clarify. Not 50. I said 15. I heard 50. Well, I said 15. Play it back. 15% off. It's the only place that you'll actually get a discount on this. We don't offer a discount anywhere else. Podcast listeners only. Check it out. Let's get back to the show. Wait, philpallon.expert slash therapy. That's where all the details are. Now, let's get back to the show. So when I try and describe or brand or figure out color schemes or like figure out what my identity is when my goal is kind of to let go of identity, it's really hard for me. Yeah. Phil here is the master of mood boards and visual direction. So maybe do you have some tips for Lisa? I think just make some decisions, like create some parameters. I mean, you know, the world is your oyster, but that's also kind of overwhelming, isn't it? It's intimidating. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, decisions, parameters, limitations, rules. Help us define the boundaries in which we create within. Your visual brand is really no different than that. It's starting to really not like set aside one hour and just do as much as you get in that hour. It's actually building a system to take inventory of this every single day. So little things like there's a feature on Instagram that none of us ever use where you can actually save posts, you know, that you see that you like. Maybe there's a cool visual or a cool color that you see. Don't screenshot it and put on your phone and forget about it 30 seconds later. Save it into a little folder on Instagram that you can reference. There's a cool uh, app that I use to move things quickly from Instagram to um one central album called Drop Mark, which is where I store all my Instagram photos that I haven't posted yet and I index them. I mean, this is getting a little complicated, but I'm just essentially, wow. yeah, I know. I'm just, but I'm essentially saying to you build a system to facilitate being able to archive and save these little moments of things you really like. It's one thing to like say, oh, I really like purple, but it's another thing to actually put together a mood board using things that you've saved over the last three months. That comes from a place mm-hmm. of substance and that's going to get you to that visual brand much, not faster, but get you to a place where you're actually going to build something that you love for years to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, so saving on Instagram and I love this drop mark. I've created a Pinterest board and I definitely go back to those color palettes, but I guess the only way that you can know is if you're going back to, like you're saying, it's not like you can sit down for a couple of hours and really evaluate color schemes that you love and speak to you. You have to see it in different forms in order to know that that's who you are. Is that right? Exactly. And something to consider as well is you have to choose a color scheme and a a visual vibe that speaks to you. But even beyond that, the visual vibe needs to speak to whoever your your audience is. So if you're going to be really focusing on that corporate audience for retreats or business people or whatever, 
think about brands that they like and be inspired by those brands. So for example, maybe they're really into SoulCycle and there's inspiration that you can take from the SoulCycle brand because those are people who are at least willing to take out part of their day and put a lot of money towards something that, you know, heals their their body and their mind and spirit and whatever. Sure. Um, and so I think while you're putting this together, also think about what your audience wants. Yeah, that's probably the, the most difficult thing in my self-reflection. It's hard to know what they're going to respond to. So full cycle is what you're saying to also study. And <laughs> I'm <unplugged>. guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I'm writing this down. This is great. Well, it's, gosh, it is very similar. I immediately see, see the connections that you're making. A- another brand I'm thinking of is, I think it's called... Um, Sweat Lodge? Is that the name of it? Phil's nodding. Sweat Lodge. It's a, I don't even really understand it, but I guess people go and wrap themselves in a tinfoil blanket and sweat. Is that it? Phil's nodding. Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar with Sweat Lodges. Yes. Lisa, you tell us what a Sweat Lodge is. It's not a specific brand. I I think there are specific brands, but it's a thing. Yeah, there's one I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking of one that's, I, I, it must not, it must be called something different from Sweat Lodge, but it's on Larchmont in Los Angeles. So if you want to look up the address, you'll know the name of it. But it's the same thing. Okay. It's like a super modern, clean brand with one committed bold color. It's yellow for Soul Cycle. It's purple for Unplug. It's orange for these guys. Oh, Shape House. That's it. Yeah. And Shape House. Shape House. And it kind of has like a Lululemon look to it. All of these places do. But ah. it speaks to this audience. Yes. And so you're saying one color is the standout for each of the brands that you're mentioning. I mean, to me, that's the common thread in the branding. It's like a very pared down, minimalist aesthetic, very modern, like one sans serif font, one committed color. Everything else is grayscale. That's, That's just kind of the, just at first glance, the parallels I see. Okay. So for example, can, can I ask like, um, Phil, I love your website. So would your color be that like pale um, blush? Is that what the main dominant color is? And that's the background? Yeah, that's a really good question. Mine has certainly evolved over the years, but I've positioned my brand to kind of almost like change as I feel the seasons change, if you will. Yeah. Like, you know, because we we design for a living and and, I, and as soon as I finish a project, I'm already thinking about the next one. Yeah, yeah, I would say that that blush color is very much my brand color. I have two websites, so Phil Palling Collective, so philpalling.co is the agency site, and that's the background color. Also the background of the slides that we do, and if we do a brand audit, it's that color. Everything is branded that color right now. And then we use that color as part of my speaker website as well, but it's not quite as prominent. We mix in a few other more pale tones, like more of a beige, kind of brown, blues, those kinds of colors. Now, that color is actually Mm -hmm. sampled from photography. I did a photo shoot in January in South Africa. We use those as my branding images. And I didn't, I mean, I sampled that, that color from one of the images and that gave inspiration to us to actually brand as that color. So that's kind of the magic that happens. I'm always telling people prioritize photography because it will inspire the rest of the process. And very much that's what happened for us. So 
is that because your your whole Instagram board also has that feeling of that color. So did you find a filter that then kind of felt like that color? Do you want to know what's funny? I'm super happy you brought that up because that's my effort. That's my attempt is to make sure that my Instagram feels and lives within those rules as well. And that's actually more of a recent discovery than I'd like to admit. Since committing to that color as part of my brand, I thought, wow, this really needs to live as part of my strat- as part of my Instagram as well. What I do before I post a, a picture on Instagram, a lot of people use Lightroom or they use Visco or they use um, mm-hmm. a variety of apps. For me, I use trusty old Photoshop and I use that color as one of my filters. What I actually... Yeah. Yeah. So what I actually created for Photoshop, anytime I'm working on an Instagram image, I have an image that has four squares, a green, a gray, a pink, and a purpley gray. And those are the filter colors that I use. I sample those and I make sure that my images have one of those colors. And that's helping with that consistency that you see on my Instagram. That makes me really happy because I work really hard on it. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. What's more important than following that exact formula, that's the formula that works for me because honestly, I'm most comfortable in Photoshop. It's what what I've learned. It's how I've created a business. But that doesn't mean uh, other people have to do that as well. If you're not comfortable in Photoshop, then I'd explore tools like Canva. I'd explore tools like Lightroom, which is a kind of like a simpler version of Photoshop that I find more complicated because I'm so comfortable in Photoshop. But there's, you know, there's, yeah, like Lightroom, a lot of people love this for Instagram or they'll, you know, Visco on on your phone. A lot of people, you don't even have to leave your phone to achieve this. You can do it directly on the app, but just be patient. Okay. That's my number one piece of advice. Be patient as you explore and learn. Okay. And how did you, so your your font, like everything, the, the brand consistency that you have is just brilliant. And that is what I so desperately want to achieve. So I guess I just, I have to, we have to make this happen as soon as we're done today. <laughs> That's so nice. Well, Phil's like smiling away because he's always obsessing over our brand. And I'm like, shouldn't we be doing something else? And Phil, but so anyway, you're you're <laughs> definitely speaking Phil's language right now. <laughs> Thanks for bringing some some great topics for us to discuss today. Some so we, I think feel like we made some good headway today on on the the projects that you're juggling and figuring out what to do next. Yeah, I've got a whole laundry list of the websites and stuff that I need to really go back and think about that I just paid paid a fortune for a whole new run of domains. And I probably should not do that until I get a little bit closer to nailing down some of these other things. So thank you for pointing me in the direction of some more research. I think I just have to figure out a way to get back on your books and continue this conversation on a regular basis. I love it. Well, we're happy to help and we're excited for you and you've got some homework to do. So go and do it. Keep us posted with how all of it develops and we're excited for you. Thank you. Thank you, both of you. I really appreciate it. I'm excited to go get my homework going. Yay! Well, we'll let you get to it and enjoy your day. Lisa, thanks again for spending a few minutes with us on Brand Therapy. We appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you so much. Awesome. All you do. Really, Yay! Thank you. Talk soon. Okay. Sounds good. Bye. Bye.
Oh, I like that conversation. Me too. She's a sweetheart. I can see why she's successful in this area of work. Yeah, she's really determined. She's really passionate. But I love how concrete and tangible she makes this arguably ambiguous world of wellness, healing, yoga, etc. Definitely. I can just really see her working well with a corporate audience. She speaks that same language. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's also cool that from the beginning, she's got a partner, a part of this to kind of have that dialogue. Yeah, it's fun to not know so much going into it and be able to give some feedback on something that someone has been thinking so much about. And it was very clear to me that she's given this a lot of thought, which I appreciate. Definitely. You know, that someone does that before they get to us. These are big decisions. Big really decisions. Big. Hey, what did you think of this episode? We want to hear hashtag brand therapy is where we are following the conversation. I'm Phil Palin on social media. I'm the Lauren Moore. And we want to know what you think. By the way, if you like this episode, if you listen to past episodes and you're enjoying eavesdropping on the conversation, that's what you're supposed to do. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars, ideally. Leave us a comment. That would also be helpful. It helps other people discover the podcast that we work very hard to create. And you know how this works. I say it every episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new subject, brand new career, brand new challenge that I think you'll benefit from hearing the advice we give on. Thank you so much for hanging out with us this week and for every other week you've joined us on Brand Therapy. We'll see you back next week. See ya. And here's a little preview of our next episode. My biggest obstacle would be these courses and these products. Are they aligned with my brand? Being a serial entrepreneur puts me in several verticals, but is it too spread out or should I start trying to focus on specializing? 